Thankfully, C4 Energy has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus. C4 Smart Energy is formulated with 200 milligrams of natural caffeine from green coffee beans, plus potassium, niacin, and vitamin B12 to support well-being and help you feel your best, all while promoting fat burn and boosting metabolism. So I have recently tried C4 Smart Energy, and let me tell you, it is giving me a boost. That caffeine is hitting because I have a very short attention span. I get distracted so easily, and I tried it, and I was like, yeah, this is a boost all right. I love that. Look for smart energy every day in the beverage aisle at your local Target. Go grab a can and share on social media tagging at C4 Energy and the It's Me Tinks podcast to show how smart energy helps you stay focused wherever you are. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. To know me is to know that I am obsessed with spicy margaritas. Love tequila cocktails? Then check out the award-winning 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. It's a -a one-of-a-kind tequila infused with the juice of real fruit. 21 Seeds is smooth, not sweet. It smells fresh and bright and tastes incredible. Try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Learn more at 21seeds.com. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds, Diageo, New York, New York. Way's new anti-frizz cream provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours plus heat production up to 450 degrees. Okay, so I actually tried Way's new anti-frizz cream on live with my community, which is kind of risky, right, to try a new product on live. I put it on my hair, which as you guys know is level 9 million frizzy. And by the time I had got done finishing my glam, because I was doing glam on live, my hair was dry and I was shook to my core at how smooth my hair looked, especially that frizzy top part, you know, in in your part, all those little baby hairs coming through, that frizzy part, that was smooth. So shout out Way for consistently delivering products that actually work and do what they say they're going to do on the bottle. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code MEATINKS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code me tanks hello guys welcome back to it's me tanks it's not quite live this week uh, because i'm in mexico so i'm pre-recording um but this is a great opportunity for me to go through all of your emails and voicemails of which there are many thank you guys for writing in so much I literally love reading them it was hard to pick the emails um, and we're gonna go through some voicemails too you know I would never miss a chance to chat with you and we'll be back live next week Um, as always if you want to leave me a voicemail um, call 866-993-8267 or email me at it's me tanks at seriousxm.com Boy, I really hope that I'm having a restful couple of days, a little margarita with my best girlfriend, Brian. Um, uh, yeah, I knew. New York did a doozy on me, you guys. Have you ever had that? We talked about it on the first pod, how working hard can be a little lonely, um, but I'm on, on a brand trip. So I hope that, that you're listening to this while I have a big fat margarita. Um, and I'm going through DMs with you guys because let's face it, I am completely obsessed with you and 
will not ever leave you. Okay, that sounded creepy. Let's go to a voicemail. <laughs> hey, Tinks. This is Allison from Nashville. My question for you is, for context, I am almost 30. I'm in a happy, healthy relationship. I am not married, and we don't have any kids. I feel like my mom and I have a little bit of a disconnect. I think it's because maybe it's a generational thing, but when she was my age, she was married and had three kids, and I think she just doesn't understand kind of that maybe I don't want the same things or don't have the same timeline as she did. So I guess my question is, how can I relay that to my mom that I will get married, I will do all of that, just kind of in my own time and when I'm ready? Thanks, Tinks. Hey, girl. Um, yeah, I think that makes total sense. I think a lot of us, um, you know, we're about the same age, us millennials feel a really big disconnect with our moms specifically. Um, and it comes up a lot. And the reason being is I think that we just grew up in such a different time with different values. Um, and I'm going to answer your question, but let me give you a personal example from my life. I love my mom. We're really close, but there are so many things which we just fundamentally disagree on. Um, you know, for one, when I first started out, um, doing the job I'm doing now, she was like, are you really going to talk about the fact that you have anxiety and depression on the internet? Like you can't, she was like, you can't. And she wasn't ashamed of what of it, but she, she wanted to protect me. She was like, that's not right. You know, that was just not done in there, in there when they were growing up, like talking about mental health just wasn't normal. Um, and then once I started doing it, she was like, oh, okay. Like you're actually helping people. Like, this is really great. I'm really proud of you. Um, also with diet culture, right? Our moms were like the cottage cheese and pineapple generation. They were the, like, there's that joke on TikTok that's like, you're all of our moms told us like, oh, well, I was 102 pounds on my wedding day. And we're all like, what the fuck? Like, that's not even normal. Um, and it's just a disconnect. And I have clashed with my mom on so many things. Um, because it feels like hurtful if she's, if she can't see that I'm, I'm like happy doing it my way. But then I, I actually talked to my therapist about this a lot and she tells me like, look at it from a compassion standpoint, right? Look at it from the standpoint that your mom, like for saying my mom, like she didn't feel like she could talk about mental health or she felt like she had to diet and do all that stuff. And in your case, like maybe your mom felt like she had to get married early and felt like she had to have kids early and just felt like that was the only way. Um, and that was really a big unlock for me because it made me like look at it from a love standpoint, like get, sending my mom love. Like that's truly like her truth, right? So to bring it back to you and your question, I would say, first of all, think maybe my mom, number one, thinks that that's the only way. Number two, maybe she's afraid for me, right? Maybe she's, you know, moms, they're, they always want the best for us, even though sometimes it feels like a judgment thing. They always want the best for us. So maybe she's afraid for you. Um, so I would sit her down and say, mom, I'm so happy I'm so fulfilled. I love my partner. I love my friends. I love my job. I'm going to get there or maybe I won't, but I want you to know I'm really happy. Um, 
and I know it, it looks a little different than you did it. I know we're on different timelines, but look around at my peers, my other millennial peers. Um, you know, they're all in the same boat. I think there's a, I, I think, um, you have to look this up, but there was a study in, in the UK where I'm from that a record number of women over 30 are not married this year. So, you know, maybe even hit her with a statistic and say, it's not just me. Don't worry. Um, and go gentle, right? Because again, they came up in a different time and, and we, I feel personally lucky that we live in a time where we feel empowered to take our time picking our partners and not settling and, you know, focusing on our career and, and basically doing whatever the fuck we want. Um, so that would be my advice, but totally been there. Thank you so much for leaving me a voicemail. I'm thinking of you. Oh yeah. Moms and daughters. It's interesting, right? It's very interesting. Okay. Let's go to another voicemail. Hi, my name is Jacqueline. I'm calling in from Boston. Uh, my question is for um, It's Me Tanks. I am, well, I just found out that I am moving to New York, and I've been living in Boston for almost six years. Uh, my move to New York is going to be in June, and I unfortunately don't know how to tell my friends that I am making this big move to New York. So I was wondering if you had any advice as to how I can break the news to them in a very light, joyful way, because I, I really love all my friends here in Boston, and I know that this news is going to make them a little bit sad. So any advice in terms of telling them about this would, would be great. Appreciated. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Oh, well, first of all, you know what? I'm actually happy with this dilemma because it shows me that you have a really, really, really strong group of friends. And I had the exact same thing. Like when I was living in San Francisco, we had a group of about 10 or 12 of us, um, guys and girls, we would all hang out all the time. We lived together. We we hung, up, hung out on the weekends. We'd go on trips together. And right around the age of like 26, 27, everyone started looking around being like, uh, mm, we might, we might go somewhere else. We might try business school. We might, you know, move across the country. And I was really scared. I remember when I got into grad school, I remember I had to tell my roommates and I was like, shit. Cause, cause we'd always just been talking like, oh, well, we're going to be together forever, all this stuff and you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden I got in and I was like, I really want to go to New York. I really want to try it. So similar to you. Um, here's the thing. Don't, don't do what I did, which is kind of like, I found out that I was moving and then I kind of backtracked and I told a little white lie. I was like, oh, I think I'm going to apply to grad school. I don't know. I probably won't get in. And they were like, really? Okay. Yeah, sure. And then like two weeks later, I was like, oh, I actually got into grad school. And they were like, that's a weird timeline. But you know, I, I don't like conflict or I, at least I didn't at that time in my life. And I didn't, I didn't want to cause any waves. Here's the thing. Your friends are going to be sad but they're also going to be happy for you. So I would, I would get them together. I would say you've got to do it with them all together. Cause otherwise they're going to all be like texting each other and like freaking out or whatever. Next time you guys are all at brunch or whatever, be like, guys, I've got some big news and I really hope you'll support me because I'm scared shitless. I love you all, but I'm moving to New York. And I can't wait for you guys to come and visit. I know this is the right choice for me. And honestly, the thing that was hardest about it was 
leaving Boston and leaving you guys because you're my whole world. But I this is something I got to do for me. And I really, really hope you support me. And just give them a big smile. They're going to be like, no. And then they're going to be like, wait, that's really cool. For whatever reason, you're going to move. Um, and I'm really, really proud of you and excited for you that you're moving and, and you know, trying something new. And hey, if you don't like it, go back to Boston. It's okay. Who cares? I've left New York in two years. You'll probably do better than I did, but it's, it's fine either way. Uh, love you tons and good luck with telling them. Thanks, Jacqueline. Here's a little travel secret. The best time to visit Scottsdale, Arizona is actually in the summer. When you summer in Scottsdale, you can stay in five-star resorts for three-star prices and get access to the best Scottsdale has to offer at the best rates. There are so many ways to stay cool while feeling hot in Scottsdale over the summer, including tranquil pool scenes or rowdy pool parties, world-class shopping museums, and art galleries. You guys, I am about to fire up my group chat because I love the idea of going to Scottsdale this summer. I love the idea that we can take it any way we want. We can go to a fancy dinner. We can get rowdy at a pool party. I've heard of the famous pool parties in Scottsdale and I need to experience them because there's nothing I love more than sunshine and a good time. Visit experiencescottsdale.com tinks to learn more and start planning your trip. That's experiencescottsdale.com tinks. Love starts with you. Show off your personal style every day with new Pandora pieces that set a shining example for the world to see. From big feelings to small messages and everything in between, beautiful hand-finished jewelry from Pandora radiates with your love from every angle. Create a look that's all your own with a unique mix of meaningful charms or choose from Pandora's sparkling collection of timeless designs perfect for making an eye-catching statement. With Pandora Jewelry's vast selection of rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, and charms, there's endless ways to love it, stack it, wear it, and share it. Style your everyday favorites with sparkling cuts, vibrant enamels, and playful designs, or truly make it your own with a personal engraving. Write a love note to yourself or your best friend with beautiful hand-finished jewelry from Pandora. Spell it out with handwritten charms, sparkling stacks, and iconic styles designed for every kind of forever. Pandora jewelry is the perfect way to share the gift of love with yourself and the ones closest to your heart. Shop now at Pandora.net. Pandora, be love. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I personally have been talking to my therapist every single week about my stressful times and just getting everything off my chest, explaining the difficult situation I've been having at work and what has been weighing on me has made me feel one million times better. I really don't know what I would do without her. As you guys know, I talk to her every week. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Tinks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P slash Tinks. Let's do an email because I get this question all the time. It's from Anonymous. Hi, Tanks. I've tried to ask you in the AMAs before. Sorry. Because I've really been wondering what to do if my roommate copies, buys everything that I get. 
everything from room decorations to clothes and shoes. For context, she's my friend and roomie, but we are not in the same friend circle or that close. She started getting similar stuff to what I got, claiming I inspired her to buy a certain thing, and it has come to a point that she literally gets the exact same pieces. She sees something I bought and goes to the same store I got it from, either the next day or during the week, and buys it. At first, I thought it was cute or flattering, but I really don't know what to think of it anymore and how to express that it's really bothering me. Help, lol. I have been there. Oh my God. And also it's funny because my entire job now is for people to copy me and now I love it. It's, it's a really funny thing. It's this, this is crazy. And I'm actually gonna, well, she'll know who it is. So my roommate, one of my roommates in San Francisco, she always got the same stuff as me. And it literally drove me nuts. Specifically, I remember, (laughs) this is the most San Francisco thing ever. She bought these like shiny Birkenstocks that I was wearing. First of all, why the fuck was I wearing shiny Birkenstocks? But secondly, I was like so mad. I was like, these are my shiny Birkenstocks. It was like the nail in the coffin. And you know what I did? I literally just said to her, like, you're copying me. And it kind of became a joke among like between us. And she'd be like, please, can I just copy you again? And I was like, "Ugh, OK. And it was something like once you release the tension, like once you speak it and make it a joke, I think it feels a lot more palatable. Right. It feels a lot more like you can release the tension. And now when I look back, um, I can't I can't believe that I, I cared. And I'm not saying that to be like you should get over it at all. I'm saying that because just so you have context, like it's kind of just like where you are in your life. And it's like once you make a joke of it and speak it into the universe, you realize it doesn't matter because you said she's not in your friend group. Right. So it's not like she's like if she's literally wearing the same shirt you got, like and you're both going to a birthday party. Like, yeah, that's annoying. You can be like, you need to change because I had this shirt first. But if she's in a different friend group, who cares? Truly, who cares? And now as as a recovering person who used to be very bothered by people copying her, I literally get off on it now. Like when girls come up to me and they're holding the cup or they're wearing the shirt I got, I'm like, I love that. Like I, that makes me so happy. It's literally the best. I think it's also a proximity thing, right? Because it's like you're you're living with her and you said room decorations and that's like you don't want to be confronted with it every day. I'll say one more thing. And I, and I don't think this is that serious a problem. So like this is probably too um, heavy handed a, a thought for this dilemma. But, you know, for me now, the thing that bothers me is when people copy my content and it happens all the time. I'm not talking about getting a mini mic like people get mini mics all day long and I love to see it. I've had girls copy literally my intonation on a video. I've had them do fake rich mom videos and it drives me fucking bananas. But. Then I saw this thing on Instagram and it was like, you know, when, you know, when you know all the um, ingredients of a smoothie, like at a a smoothie shop and you take it home and you, you make it and it doesn't taste quite as good. It's because you don't have the sauce. So if you need a little something, something to tell yourself, think, you know what? I have personal style. I picked these things first and my roomie she's just copying me so you know she doesn't have a sense of style and that's how I think about people copying me too now like with my content I just think ugh, it's really annoying and like they're literally stealing my jokes but also they don't have the sauce and also if they are already copying me that means they're they've run out of ideas that's how I think about this not to make it about me but that's how I think about it (laughs) so make it a joke I'm telling you 
literally next time she walks in with the shoes that you bought, hopefully not shiny Birkenstocks, just be like, dude, I literally bought those a week ago. And also you copied my shirt. You're obsessed with copying me. It's fine. I just want to call it out and then laugh and like give her a hug because it's just clothes. Um, I hope that helps. (laughs) Love you tons. Okay, let's go to another voicemail. My name's Cam. I recently just moved to LA. So please hit me up if you want to hang out. I'm always looking for foodie friends. Um, my question is, so I just finished chemotherapy. I got diagnosed with cancer in 2020. Yada, yada. I did the whole thing. Beat cancer. And now I'm trying to get back into the normal world and the dating world. And I need advice on how to deal with men with hard topics. Like, for example, explaining to them my whole story that I had cancer. It doesn't always come up, but sometimes it comes up naturally because it's something that happened so recently. And I feel weird leaving it out. I feel a bit like a catfish if I leave that information out. But um, yeah, men have tend to run in the opposite direction when I tell them that or it comes up. So how do I deal with this and what is your advice because I just am looking for a nice guy and feel like I deserve that because I went through chemo without one and that's fine but yeah that's my question I love you so much and thanks for answering my question hey girl oh my god I have tears in my eyes first of all I'm so proud and happy that you beat cancer and um that I'm just in awe of you going through chemo, um, especially during the hellhole that the last two years have been. You are incredibly strong, and I'm just I'm so grateful and happy um, that you beat it. So you're a fucking rock star. Okay, let's deal with this. Let's deal with men and hard topics. Um, so I'll begin by saying something popped into my head. I was at a wedding recently. I ran into someone who I hadn't seen in many years, and um, I was talking about something and he was like, oh yeah, well I, when I had chemo, I, it was probably the second day of the wedding and he was like, oh yeah, well when I had chemo, like I did that or something. And I was like, oh, you had chemo? And he was like, yeah, I had, I had a uh, testicular cancer. And I was so, I was taken aback and I was like, oh my God, like, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. But I kind of, I thought the way he did it was so, I don't know, it worked for him. I think it's going to be about what, what finding what works for you because he's a casual guy and I think he probably didn't want to make like a big like a conversation starter about it but just slip it in in that way and the conversation did keep going. I mean obviously I asked him questions about it um, but then we moved on and I just I remember thinking wow like he's probably had to do that 10 million times and I remember thinking that's such a him way to tell me. So I think it's going to be about finding a way that you feel comfortable with. Um, that having been said, I don't want to gaslight you. Like I can imagine that the dumb shithead boys in LA, I can imagine that some of them have like not known what to say or been, you know, not gracious about it or made you feel uncomfortable about it. So I, I get it. I think first of all, you got to find a way of saying it that feels comfortable to you. So whether that's, um, kind of bringing it up in a jokey way if you deal with humor or waiting till you feel super comfortable with them. Um, but also, I think it's kind of a case-by-case basis. Like if a guy is clearly a dick on the first date or just, you know, boring or like a loser or whatever, he doesn't get to know about that part of you, okay? Because that is an incredibly strong, amazing, special part of you. And 
don't even waste your breath on some guy that you're not even going to go on a second date with. So I think you have to, A, find a way that feels comfortable to you and test it out. You can test it out, right? Um, But also just take it case by case. And, you know, if you're vibing with someone on the first date 20 minutes in, go for it because it's your story to tell. And this sounds cheesy, but I promise you it's true. The right guys, guy or guys, will know exactly what to say. The right guy will say, Jesus, that's, you're incredible. I had no idea. Wow. Do you want to talk about it? Do you not want to talk about it? The right guy will say that there are lots of good guys out there. It's just about, you know, finding them. And, and it's, it's, again, it's your story to tell. You don't have to tell them if you don't want to. You don't have to tell them on the first date. You don't have to tell them on the third date. You can wait until you feel ready um, and then test it out. And also maybe talk to your friends. Maybe be like, hey, guys, like, um, you know, with the cancer, you know, what do you, what, you know, how, how do you feel like I talk about it? Do you feel like you like when I talk about it in detail or, you know, what, how is the best way for you guys to talk about it? And then that might like give you some ideas. Like you might be able to bounce ideas off of them. Maybe they'll say, oh, well, when, you know, when you told me this, this and that, or, oh, you know, that joke that you make about it, that, that always opens up the conversation. It is your story to tell. Um, but I just want to say again, I love you. I'm so fucking proud of you. I'm glad you're in LA. Um, and the right guy is going to listen and smile and be there for you. And, um, you're a rock star and I love you. Okay. Thanks for calling. Wow. What an amazing, what an amazing girl. I still have tears in my eyes. Um, hopefully you can't hear that I am choking up right now. If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams fabrication and quality cannot be replicated. So don't believe the dupes. So guys, do you remember back in like 2020, I made a viral TikTok about how much I love Barefoot Dreams because I am truly so obsessed with these blankets. I have one in every room of my house, no word of a lie, and also the socks. When I tell you that I cannot sleep if I don't have Barefoot Dream socks on, that is the truth, okay? For It's Me Tinks listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code TINKS15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dream's soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. There are so many books out there, it can be hard to choose one. But becoming a Book of the Month member makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Members get books delivered right to their door and shipping is always free. There's even an app to pick your book and track your reading progress. And there are audiobooks too. So I'm obsessed with this, you guys, because I feel like sometimes I get decision paralysis on what to read next. And the fact that Book of the Month Club, they decide for you, they pick the best because they do all that reading is just fantastic. I love to be in the reading community and book of the month is an incredible way to really get engaged with your reading maybe you want to pick it back up for summer 
so important to always have a book when you're going on your summer trips, reading by the pool, or just reading before bed, which is, as you know, my favorite thing to do. Right now, you can get your first book of the month for just $5 with code PEDALS by visiting bookofthemonth.com. That's bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS. Let's go to another voicemail. Hi, Tinks. My name's Jamie. I am uh, in Utah. I'm hoping that you can tell me something. So obviously we know if a guy says when we hang in, right? No, no, we don't do that. However, I don't know what to say to them. What would you say back? Would you just not reply? Or is that ghosting? Because um, I, I don't really want to do that. I've done the whole, oh, when we hanging, when you tell me, or I, I just like, I get stuck in that. Like, what do we respond to that? And, and how about the guys that are being really like sweet over a dating app and like, oh, what kind of restaurants do you like? You tell them, okay, what day worked for you? So then you want to tell them, okay, what time? And they're, they're asking you all of the details because they're being, I guess, polite. What do we do when we just want like Wednesday, seven, this place? Because sometimes I think I might come across like bitchy. Okay, this is long enough. I love you, Tings. Thanks for all your advice. Bye. Okay, first of all, you you're, you sound like the cutest person. Like that was the sweetest voicemail ever. Um, yeah. I mean, let's let's get into it. It's a fucking hellscape, right? Because texting, whether it's over just normal text or the dating app, it's just there's so much room for fuckery. There's so much room for fuckery, right? It's just like we want something so simple and and there's so much room for fuckery. And in one of my other pods, I went through kind of how the ideal situation, right? Which is like bang, bang, you know, you meet someone on a dating app or in real life. Okay, you, you have a little chit chat for a few back and forths and then they ask you out. Now, doesn't always happen. That doesn't mean that you you know, that's the only way to go on a date. And, and I've been meaning to clarify that that's just the ideal. Um, okay. Let's, let's handle the, what, when we hanging first. So a guy you're chatting with on text says, when we hanging for me personally, but I'm very black and white about this stuff. I usually don't respond. Cause I'm just like, as I always say, bro, when we hanging, I'm not a monkey. Like when we hanging, I'm not your bro. Like, no. You can say, um, when you ask me on a date, upside down smiling emoji, um, you can say when you, you can say exactly what you said, like when you ask me or whatever, um, and add an emoji. You won't, you won't come off, off as a being bitchy. You won't if you use an emoji, um, or you can just like completely kind of shove him off and be like, ha ha. Which is some something I sometimes do to confuse them. I just be like, haha, and just see what they say. Like, because at the end of the day, and I don't want this to sound harsh to anybody out there. At the end of the day, if a guy is really super interested, he will ask again, or he'll find a way. Like he'll get the the message. Like I've had that before, where you know, there's been some fuckery. There's been like the when we hanging, like back and forth, yada yada yada. And I'm just like, haha, or like you know, kind of shrug him off. And then eventually he's like, okay, um what about Thursday? Because some, the, the, the boys who get it, get it. And the boys who don't, don't. And, um, you can experiment with different ways to respond to that based on the guy. But 
yeah, I, I could, I would say when you ask me on a date with an emoji or when you ask me or ha ha or, or you can just respond to him when we hanging question mark, question mark, <laughs> confuse them. <laughs> okay. The second part um, of the question, which was, oh, on, on a dating app. Yeah. I, I find that so annoying when they're literally, they're playing reporter and they ask you like, okay, when? When this, this is this. It's like, okay, Anderson Cooper, like just fucking say a time. I don't want to go back and forth. It's like, ew, like I know that I'm going to get some heat for this. I even hate it when a guy's like, well, where, you know, what spots do you like or whatever? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I like spots that you're not going to like. I'm a freak. Okay. I go to the same five restaurants in Los Angeles. Okay. Just tell me where to be at 7 p.m. on a Thursday and I'll meet you there. But I get it. Sometimes they really are trying to be nice. Um, And if you feel like, okay, there's a little bit of potential and he's doing the reporter thing, the Anderson Cooper thing, just be like, I'm good with whatever. Um, I'm free Thursday, 7 p.m. Just let me know where. And just like punt it. Because it's like all that stuff. By the way, this is a great time to bring up one of the clauses that I always say and you guys are always like, what? What is that? Crushes always cancel themselves via my girlfriend, Libby, live dog. And it's this thing that she says, and it's so true. It's like you can have a crush on someone through a dating app or you met them in real life and then you're texting or whatever. And like even before you get to the date, they do something that's so embarrassing. Like they just, they mess it up with their cringy asking you out or they like say something weird or they, they, they wait too long to ask you out. Like Libby and I always talk about that. Like if you meet someone and you have, there's heat between you and then the guy waits like two and a half weeks. I'm like, dude, I'm over you. Like I like intensity. Like I like that. You know, if the guy meets me, ask me out the next day, two and a half weeks is a fucking lifetime. I have my next crush by then. Um, so detour, but we're, we're coming back. Um, in that case, like if you, if you think he's really cute and you see potential, you've been chatting on dating app, just be like, I'm cool with whatever Thursday, Thursday at seven sounds good. And just like make a definitive thing and then be like, okay, see you there. And then see, it's okay to, it's okay to push a little if you feel like there's, you know, if you really want to just have that first meet. Um, and I, and I have been meaning to clarify this because I think that sometimes, you know, girls can reach out first, of course. And of course you can push a little if you want. It's just my experience that if you have to do that, they're not that interested. I guess that's the important qualifier that I didn't put in that other episode. So I hope that that was helpful. Um, I'm proud of you for dating. I'm proud of you for putting yourself out there. Um, and yeah, write in. Tell me if, tell me how it goes. Send me some screenshots. Email me some screenshots. Um, okay, let's go to another voicemail. Hi, this is Dee from Massachusetts. My question is for Tinks. What are your top three questions on a date? Thanks. Bye. Hi. This is such an interesting question. And I'm glad you asked it because I get asked a lot in Ask Me Anything, what are good questions to ask on a date? And um, the truth is, I don't have an answer for that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why. Because dating isn't 
really supposed to be like that, I think. Dating shouldn't be an interview, right? Like the ideal situation is that you sit down and you just start talking. Like there's no like, you know, questions that are good unlocks. I think later on, you know, second and third, yeah, you you want to learn about their family and how they talk about their family and how they talk about their career and their friends. But on the first date, it's a vibe check, right? It's literally just checking your chemistry. I always say that dating is like podcasting because I'm lucky to be invited on so many people's podcasts. And if I sit down and they're like, so where are you from? I'm like, fuck me up the ass. Or, oh, when did you get started on TikTok? I'm like, God damn it. This is going to be a long hour and a half. And it's the same with dating. Because when you sit down and they're like, where are you from? I'm like, I, I just worked a full day. I don't really want to be interviewed while I drink my martini. But for me, every great date that has turned into a relationship or whatever, I've sat down and you've just started like bantering or vibing. Now, maybe I'm personalizing that a little bit because I'm introverted, believe it or not. So I don't like small talk. Um, But that's my that's my two cents on that. You just have to vibe check. Like there's no magic checklist on the first date. It's literally just, do they make you laugh? Do you feel comfortable? Does the conversation flow? Um, so I I guess I really don't have an answer um, for once. But my, my non-answer is my answer. And also you asking me that makes me worried that you have a little reverse box theory. Like that you're worried about... You know, you want to sit down and ask the right questions and it, it, you know, it has to go a certain way. You don't have to do anything. You just have to show up and be yourself and see the vibes. Like you're not performing a Netflix comedy special. You're just going on a date. You're just checking if you fancy him in person and let, let him ask you the questions. Let it flow from there. It's a conversation. It's it's not an interview. Um, so I hope that was helpful. Remember that, you know, it's not about if he likes you. It's about if you like him. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to It's Me Tanks Live. Um, I love answering questions. I love giving advice. So that's what this hour is all about. Okay, we're going to go to another email. Hi, Tanks. I'm 21 and navigating college. I got set up with this guy for a date party and I was out out in the date box. I blacked out, skipped home, holding his hand, and he asked me on a date the next day. We hung out all the time, and he made an effort to see me, picked me up from the door, dropped me off at the door, wanted me to meet his parents, remembered the smallest little details. I would tell him all for him to lose feelings a month after and, quote, not know how to progress. And me being the idiot, I texted him twice after saying we messed up and all that and still nothing. And to this day, I get nothing. So clearly he doesn't have feelings for me. But why would he put me in the date box, treat me better than any guy ever, only to end it two months later? I keep thinking it's me and wondering what I did and why I'm not good enough. I hope to hear from you soon. Ah, the old bait and switch. We've all been there. Um, First of all, Let's begin with the most distressing line. I'm th- keep thinking it's me and I'm wondering what I did and why I'm not good enough. Well, that's just a complete lie. It's nothing you did and you are good enough. He just wasn't your guy. Um, but this kind of bait and switch is so frustrating. And it kind of sounds like you got a case of love bombing. Sounds like this guy... Love bombed the shit out of you, dropped you off, wanted the, here's the here's the kicker. He wanted you to meet his parents. 
I'm sure he did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect, perfect for a month or so. And then boom, he's gone. So why do people, well, let's back up. What is love bombing for those of us who don't know? Love bombing is a thing that a lot of narcissists do in dating and they come in hot right? On the first date, they're talking about your honeymoon. They're saying, I want to take you to this restaurant. I want to take you here. Can't wait for you to meet my parents. We are going to do this. We're going to do that. Oh, love you, love you, love you. And you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. You kind of go blind a little bit because it's like, it feels so good. Boom. Okay. So why do people do this? Because it's a form of validation, right? They get off on making people fall for them. And it's so frustrating because it feels so real, right? Here's the thing. After a month, you don't always know someone that well. So even though you feel like, okay, this guy treated me great, he didn't really know you that well because he wouldn't have done this if he did, right? If he was truly interested in getting to know you as a person, he would have never done this. Um, so in answer to your question, why did he do this to me? This reads like a narcissist love bombing. And then the second part is, you know, why I'm not good enough. What, what was it me? Nothing. You did nothing. You're simply the victim of this bullshit, bullshit narcissism. Now here's the thing. I'd bet my bottom dollar. (laughs) Here I go with those old timey phrases again, that he'll come back. Why? Because men always come back or their lives get worse especially if you cold turkey cut him off, especially if you don't text him again, move on with your life, unfollow on Instagram, which by the way you should because the way he treated you is trash. Um, And when he comes back around, I think you gotta be strong on this one because this was a really, really dirty bait and switch. So that's my advice. Unfollow, hold a funeral if you must. Um, and just if you go into if you start to go into the dark and scary place of like what did I do was it because I did this was it because I did that like why am I not good enough just say stop new neural pathway not my guy new neural pathway love bombed me new neural pathway you know it was all smoke and mirrors anyway rewrite the story because we thoughts become things like we believe the things we tell ourselves so rewrite the story it was nothing you did I want you to hear me loud and clear Um, but yeah, sucks to be love bombed. I hate a bait and switch. I've been there many a time. Um, so I hope that was helpful. Okay. Let's go to a voicemail. Hi, Tanks. I'm loving the podcast and I'm excited for your live shows. Um, by the way, my name is Jennifer from New York. My question is, how do you know when it's time to quit a job that you've been at for a long time? Thanks so much. Bye. So this is an interesting one and I have two pieces of advice. I'll begin by saying that I do feel like in my 20s, I don't believe in regrets, but I do feel like I could have left one job or two jobs a little bit earlier, but I was scared and I'm sure you're scared shitless too, right? And especially if you don't have another job lined up, um, it's scary. Yeah, jobs are how we get money and they're also how we like format our days and they're a big part of our our identity and I think the hardest thing is like knowing when to move on when you don't know what's next and that was my whole problem in my 20s because I was like I hate this job I'm fucking terrible at it and I want to leave but I don't know I couldn't get another job and um 
I didn't know what I wanted to do, which was the really scary part to me. I would say if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking about it enough to call and ask me, it's probably time to go, right? It's probably time to go. And here's the thing. Learning that you don't like something is as important as learning if you do like something, especially when it comes to jobs and especially in your younger life. So I would, if you've given or given it a good old college try, because here's the other side of the coin, right? Is like a lot of young people these days are like, I had one week of work and like I hated it and I want to leave. And I don't believe in that either. Like I, I think you've got to really give things a go, but it sounds like you've been there a long time and it sounds like you're got a good head on your shoulders. So I would say try something new. Here's the thing. You can always go back, right? But you're never going to know if you don't try. So I think if you're really thinking about it for a couple weeks, months, it's time to go. You, you've got to, you got to give it a, give it a try so that you can, you know, there might be something better out there. I know it's scary. My, my job that I was so shitty at, um, at Gap, I stayed there for three years and I was like, at the end they were like, we're, you know, you've got to leave cause you're so bad at this job. And I was like, okay. And I couldn't find another job. And then finally I was like, started to interview and then I quit before I had a new job. But then actually the next day they called and said I had, I had a new job at, at a great company called Poshmark. So sometimes, but I had made the choice. I was like, I need to light a fire under my ass. Like I need to just quit because I'm so bad or they're going to fire me. So I might as well just do it. And then it ended up working out. So I would say if you can line up another job before you quit, that's the ideal. But if you're if you're ready to go, get out of there. And um, and there might be something. In fact, I know there's something better for you. Um, this week, I'm answering all your voicemails and emails that you've submitted. OK, I have one um, advice for falling in love with a guy friend who doesn't love you back. Hi, Tinks. I can give more context, but I feel like you could take this in a lot of directions and would just love your thoughts in general. You're the best. P.S. We've hooked up, but he, quote, doesn't want to date. Girl, I've been there. I lived there. I've logged my entire experience there. Um, If you're a newer follower in the year 2020, I started TikTok. I started vlogging and (laughs) I started vlogging my experience of falling in love with my best guy friend. Um, and it's why I don't talk about my dating life anymore in public. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, it is an acute pain, isn't it? It's an acute pain to be in love with a guy friend who doesn't want to date you because it feels like they're your boyfriend, especially if you've hooked up and you're like, dude, I'm right here. We hook up. We hang out, we vibe, we feel comfortable with one another. For me, it's like I actually sometimes have a hard time getting to know people super well. And I just felt so comfortable around my best guy friend that once we started hooking up, I was like, this is all I want. And it was just, oh my God, it was like six or seven months of me just crying every day. Um, if you want a treat, please go back in time and watch watch those TikToks because it's extremely chaotic behavior by me. Um, so I'm assuming you've told him because you said we hooked up, but he doesn't want to date. You will reach a point. I'm not going to tell you to do anything because you will reach a point when the pain of hooking up with him becomes too great. 
you will reach a point where you are crying in the bathroom at some party and you will think I've had enough because you know you already told him usually that when you guys write in it's like oh should I tell him should I not tell him you already told him you will reach a point where you think I can't put myself through this anymore and when that happens you got to take a big step back and for me that was really hard because I he was my best friend, like genuinely my best friend. I would speak to him every day. We would hang out every day. He was like really my support system in the pandemic because I was living alone and I, I didn't, I barely knew anyone in LA at that time. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and it was rough and I had to take a big step back for like two months. Now we're friends again. I, you know, that's not always possible. It really depends. Um, th- this is the thing. Men and women have a hard time being totally platonic friends. Someone's always got a little crush or, you know, you hook up or whatever. It's difficult. So first of all, my heart's with you because it fucking sucks. Truly have been there and it's just very painful. Um, watch for that point. Watch for the point where the pain outweighs the fun of hooking up with him. And on that day, you know, tell him like, hey, I, you know, I love you so much. You're obviously a close friend of mine, but like hooking up with you isn't good for my mental health anymore. So I don't want to do that anymore. And um, I actually need to take a little step back and then actually do it and then actually follow through. Okay. Actually respect yourself enough to take a big step back and kind of mourn it like a breakup. When you do that, when you reach that point, when you tell him and you stop hooking up, really mourn it like a breakup and be like, okay, you know, this was a little situation chip. This was a, you know, I had really real feelings. Um, and you know, don't hang with him as much and maybe I'll be friends again and maybe you won't. And that's okay because the number one thing to protect here is your sanity. Um, and I, I don't want you going nuts over this. So, um, hang in there. Love you tons. Okay, let's go to a sh- uh, voicemail. Hey, Tanks. It's Debbie from Brooklyn. Um, I just wanted your advice on a problem I have. I made that big mistake of bad-mouthing my friend's ex-boyfriend, and then they got back together. And she's one of my best friends, and I'm really trying to repair the relationship. I just wanted to know what you think would make up for that or how I could fix that. Thanks. Bye. Oh, my God. I've been there so many times. Actually, like a really big fight in my 20s was with my girlfriends when I was like shit talking their boyfriends. And then they were like, no, like we really love them. And I was like, oh, fuck. OK, sorry. Um, You know, two things. First of all, I think just sitting her down, like going for a walk and being like, listen, I know I said those things. You know, I said those things. I genuinely thought you were going to break up with him and I that was you can say that was the truth at the time right you can say like you were broken up and like you're my friend and I I go to bat for you and I fucking love you and that's not true anymore because I can tell that you're really happy and I can tell that you're, you guys are in a different place um so that's the first part and the second thing is just time like time will help this a lot um and also like being a little bit extra nice to him when you guys are hanging out in a group 
maybe you invite them to like a dinner party at your house and like, you know, you're nice to him or whatever. Um, yeah, it's okay. It, forgive yourself. Like I've been there 10,000 times and also they were broken up. You didn't do anything wrong. You really didn't. So just put your dick on the table with her. Talk straight. Just be like, you know, look, I said it. I Let's just have that in the open air and then time and then be a little nice to him. Um, okay. So there was a voicemail and it was quite long from a lovely person named Spencer in DC. And he was with a guy for 10 years living an amazing life. He didn't have to work. He lost all his friends and now he's getting divorced. So basically he was like living this fabulous time, you know, never had to work a day in his life. And, and now he's like starting over again. And it was a very long detailed voicemail. I love you, Spencer. I love the detail, but we didn't have time to play it all. So I'm going to give advice on that. So first of all, I can imagine that it's quite scary given that you and your ex-husband had like such a fabulous life and you know you didn't have to work like that's sick for you and you know it sounds like you had boyfriend sickness to the nth degree you had husband sickness and because you lost all your friends and and that's by the way one thing why I always say to you guys like you have to keep some friendships like even if you're fucking head over heels for someone you know your friend's they're, you know, we're pack animals. We need, we need people in our lives. So that's one thing. Anyway, now he's starting over. Spencer, this can be, this can go one of two ways. You can look at this as like, I'm getting divorced from my ex-husband, whatever. Um, or you can look at it as like an eat, pray, love, a total redemption, new life start moment. This is your opportunity to begin again. Okay, I'm all about new beginnings. That's why I moved so many times in my 20s. I was like, oh, a disaster happened in this city. I'm just going to move again. So I know it's scary. I know that you just got your first job and that's fucking scary. But if I were you, because I tend to like think my life is a movie anyway in my head, I would try as much as possible to view this as like the montage scene where the person moves to the new city and they get a new apartment and maybe it's smaller than their old apartment and maybe they don't have any friends, but this is like the beginning of the movie, right? Your new movie just started and that's fucking exciting. Okay. You're going to date new guys. Um, you're going to meet friends through work. You sounded very fun on your voicemail. So I know you're going to be okay making friends. It's just sometimes we need something like a visual to hold on to or a mantra or whatever. So I want you to imagine that this is your new chapter of your new amazing movie and you're scared shitless and I get that. It's scary. It's scary to start over again. But here's the great thing. You're young and you have all these cool experiences under your belt and now you get to have new experiences. So um, don't be afraid you are the main character and it's it's actually really exciting and all you need to make friends is one friend you just need one friend and then they multiply so someone from work or go to a bar and just find one friend and you will be okay because again you sound really fun and you're starting over again and also why not just be like oh my god i literally just got divorced I've never worked a day in my life. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of a hilarious, fun story. So, you know, maybe you even use that. People love to hear about that stuff, right? They love a story. 
Um, but I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for advocating for your happiness and getting a divorce and saying like, I, I deserve the best. You advocated for your future self and you're going to be happy. This is the beginning of your new movie. Okay. I'm really proud of you, Spencer. Thank you for calling in. Guys, you've been listening to It's Me Tinks live exclusively on SiriusXM Stars. Remember, live AMAs every Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific. Listen to this episode anytime on the SiriusXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, new episodes of the pod are available every Monday and Friday. I will see you guys on Friday. I love you so much. Until then, bye. Have you heard about Roback Activewear? Well, let me introduce you. You may have seen that subtle dog logo on your man's polos, hoodies, or Q-zips, but now Roback is growing their women's line. They strive for the best fit and best feel. I am so glad that Roback is now doing women's wear as well because they really have it down when it comes to super soft athletic wear that is just the cutest ever and so, so, so comfortable. You know me. I'm all about comfort. I'm all about feeling cozy while on the go, and I am always on the go. So go Roback. We love that you're in women's wear now. It's 2024. The spring's coming, and ladies, it's time to check out Roback for yourself. So use the code TINKS on Roback.com for a a generous 20% off your first order for all hoodies, joggers, skorts, and more. That's spelled R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. That's 20% off with the code TINKS. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.